Welcome to Freedom Now with Peter Asanful. Freedom Now is brought to you by the Spirit Life People, a ministry that focuses on teaching you how to live and walk in the Spirit so that you can manifest Christ's freedom in your life. It is our prayer that you shall be transformed as you receive the word from the Lord today. And now, here's your host, Peter Asanful. And as we be seated in heavenly places, we give God the glory, give God the praise. We give Him the honor for what He continues to do in our lives. If anyone is going to understand, or even understand that you are born again, it begins by you also understanding yourself that now that I say I am born again, I am now new. And if I am new, then there are certain things that I used to do that <laughs> even my own self, you must say that ah, I used to do these things, I don't do them again. You cannot be coming to church and you cannot be in Christ. And then the same things you were doing when you were not born again, you are comfortably doing those things. And nothing seems to have changed about you. Then there's a question mark. Because for you to identify yourself in Christ, you need to first appreciate that, hey, now I am a new person. I am now born again. And the things that I used to do, I don't do them anymore. Praise the Lord. So let's go to first second Corinthians chapter number five, which is an obvious obvious verse when it comes to a point like this. Second Corinthians chapter number five, and then I read from verse number sixteen. Second Corinthians chapter number five, verse number sixteen. And it says, Therefore, from now on we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have brought passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So, all things have indeed passed away. Your old attitude, your character, your nature. Uh, whatever you can think that used to happen before you met Jesus, they have indeed passed away. I get it. Because as soon as you meet Jesus, he turns your life around. Are you here with me? The moment you, t- you meet Jesus, what he does is that he changes everything about you. Because he gives you a new life. And if you have a new life, then automatically you are a new person. Are you here? If you don't understand that you have a new life in Christ, that is where the challenge comes from. But the moment you understand that now in Christ I am born again and I have a new life, that means that I am a new person. Then you must consciously apply the knowledge of your new life into your what you living. You must apply it because if now you don't know that oh there are certain things that now because i'm new in christ i must be doing you still be doing the old things john one 
John chapter number one. We read it last week, but I want us to read it again. John chapter number one from verse ten. Says he was in the world and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So the moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do you know what happens? You are saying that, ah, now, I am the life that I have. I'm not born of a human being. I am born of God. Are you hearing me? The moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and you receive this life, what you are saying is that now the life that I have, it is not a human life. It is a life of God. And if it is a life of God, then the things that come out from this life must reflect God. It must show God. It must show the qualities of God. It must not show the qualities of a human, just a normal human being. I hear you. Jesus, who is God, he came into this world in a flesh. The fact that we have bodies does not mean that the life that we have must be human. You didn't hear what I just said. I said the fact that we have bodies does not mean that the life that we have must be human do you know that animals also have bodies like even us animals they have skin but the life that they have is not like that of a human being so we can have a body and not necessarily have a life of a human being you didn't know what i said and this is a deep thing i'm just sharing with you the fact that you have a body does not mean you must necessarily have a life of a human being. Now in Christ we have the life of God. Because if I am born by God, then I have his life. If you are born by your when you are born by your biological father, you have his life. The moment you got born again and you receive the life from above, you have the life of God. Understand this today. If I have the life of God, then I must be determined to know that the life that I now live, I live the life to glorify my Father. So, for example, and that is one prayer when we're praying, the Lord said after a message, we should pray about it. If you were born into a family that is full of poverty, for example. That means that the life of that family is poverty. So the moment you encounter Jesus, you know that something has changed. So you cannot be born again one year, six months, and then still be thinking that, ah, I come from a poor family. Meanwhile, in Christ, something has changed about you. In Jesus, you have now received the life of prosperity and riches. So why are you still thinking and behaving like you come from a poor family? Are you getting what I'm teaching you here? 
because now I have been born by God. I have the life of God. So my identity now is not that poor person. I don't come from a poor family. I come from the family of God and that family is rich. The Bible said that when we go to heaven, the streets are made of gold. In this world, the streets are made of beauty. Men. <laughs> These are cheap materials. But when we go to heaven, what we value so much on earth, gold, will be what will be used to tar the streets. That should tell you the, 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 the class and the difference. Amen, somebody. And this is the, the, the fire that we have. So the problem is that a lot of Christians have not renewed their mind. They are not thinking like the way God wants them to think. They are not behaving like the way their father wants them to believe. Are you with me? When you run into any challenge, you must, you see, you see like the, um, the prodigal son. You see the way he was thinking. One morning he got up and said, Ah, why am I living this life? Even the servants in my father's house, they don't eat the food of the pig. How much me? I come from a rich home. No. He said, I'm going back home. Even if my father will not accept me as a shadow any, anymore, at least he will accept me as what? One of the servants. And since even the servants in the father's household, they don't eat some pigs. I read it. He will at least have something good to eat. And will not eat the food of a pig. See, that is how you must one day wake up and say, no, if indeed I am born by God, then this financial challenge I'm going through must not be my portion. Why? Because even the least, look at what Jesus said. Jesus said, of all humans that are born of a woman, no one is greater than John the Baptist. But in the kingdom of God, even the least, the small person, is greater than John the Baptist. Are you seeing the difference? So it means that everyone that is born of a woman, until you meet Jesus, you are not even greater than John the Baptist. But the moment you get born again, it doesn't matter how small you are, you are greater than him. In other words, the smallest person even in the kingdom of God is greater than the greatest person in the world. Oh, come on, somebody. That is how you must be thinking. The, the, the person who says, I don't have anything, even in the kingdom, you are richer than the richest person in the world. So you must wake up one morning and say, come on, this financial challenge I'm going through, never again. For in the kingdom that I come from, there is no poor person. Even the smallest person is rich. Therefore, I am rich. And from today, I refuse and I reject any financial struggle over your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. The least is greater than him. Are you getting me? This is my identity because I'm born by God. Please, let's change the way we are thinking. Hey, oh, my family. Um, now, which family do you belong to? I belong to the family of God. Let, let, let me show you. Go to Ephesians chapter number three. Maybe you don't know. Your problem is that you have not yet identified your true family. You don't know who your family is. You don't know, you don't know what family you belong to. That is why 
you are still behaving and thinking and acting that way. Ephesians chapter number three. Are you from verse fourteen? Ephesians chapter number three, verse fourteen. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the Lord, from whom the Lord, the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Say, I belong to a family. I'll say to her, say, I belong to a family. And I belong to the family of God. Say, I belong to God's family. Now, you must tell yourself this truth every single day that I belong to God's family. I'm a child of God. How can you say I'm a child of God and don't think and believe that you also have a family in God? That is where the problem is. A lot of Christians... They, they, they know that they are the child of God. They sing it, I'm a child of God, I'm a child. But they don't even know that they belong to a family of God. When certain things are happening in your life, oh, they, they fell sick and they went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you have this condition, and then, and then the doctor asks you, do you have this thing in your family? And he said, oh, yes, I have this thing in my family. You have denied yourself the opportunity to glorify God. Are you here with me, somebody? You see, that is why there are some people who they pray some kind of prayers. So, you know, whatever is going on in my family. You see, at the end of the day, there's a way you pray. There's a way you pray. Yes, we all came out of an earthly family. I don't know what I'm saying. But now we are part of the heavenly family. And look at what we just read. It says, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is known. Isn't this it's a family? As a church, we belong to the world, the mega universal family of God on earth. And then there's an extension of our family also in heaven. I know what I'm saying. Yes. So together we make up the large family of God. And then in this family, you must be thinking, what does this family represent? If you come from let's say the 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 Queen's family of England. Will you be thinking that you are poor? See, uh, one of the prince's grandson, what is his name? Uh, is it Charles or Henry? Whatever, those guys. The Dinah's um, two sons, the, the younger one. Who recently married a black American and said, I don't want to now behave like a royal guy. I don't want to fulfill royal duties. But I don't want to be seen as a prince. I don't want it anymore. And then he has moved from England, and I think now they are in the US with his wife. And they don't come into the public domain. They don't carry out duties as a royal. Go and find out if that guy is still pro or has become pro. No way. Even when he said, I'm no longer a royal. And I don't want to be seen like a royal person. Even though he has publicly said that, everywhere he goes, <laughs> he is still accorded the same respect, the same dignity, everything because <laughs> once a royal, you always a royal. Whether you say I'm a royal or I'm not a royal, I'm always a royal. I get what I'm saying. In Christ, we are now having the very 
life and the level of God. So in your thinking, when things are not going on the way you want, you must be able to say to yourself, no way, this is not what my family will stand for. Your father created the heavens and the earth. Please think about it. Let this one enter you. Amen. And like the prodigal son said, no, I will not be eating this thing. I have a better life to live. And I'm going back to that life. And today, whatever life that does not represent the glory of God in your life comes to an end. I say it comes to an end. Second Peter. Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 1. I read from verse 2. Second Peter chapter number 1, verse 2. The grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. I get it. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Verse 4. Can we all read it together? One to go. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through last amen you see that say i have escaped the corruption in the world now what is the corruption in this world the corruption of this world is sin because sin is that life that always leads to destruction Sin always destroys. Sin takes away or, or veils the glory of God from you. So we have escaped it. Say, I have escaped it. In the mighty name of Jesus. So we have been called in the life of God. We have been called to be partakers of the life and the glory of the Father. Say, I partake of it. What it means is that the word partake means that I participate. I'm involved. See, I'm part of it. So don't look at yourself. Based on whatever you are going through and say, ah, because of the family I come from. That is why I'm going through these problems. No. If you think and you talk like that, then you are saying you don't have the knowledge of who you are in Christ. You must be able to say to yourself that, yes, I was born into this earthly family. But since I received Christ, I have come out of it, okay, my spiritual decree. And that in my true authentic family in Christ, in this family, certain things don't happen to me again. You know, some, you know, there are some, and let me tell you, let me tell you, thank you, Holy Spirit, let me tell you something. In every earthly family, just like in the case of anybody who is in this world who is not born again, there are demons that control that family. Unless that earthly family, as a family, as a whole, they have made up their mind that, hey, we don't belong to the world, but we belong to Christ. But you see that we all belong to earthly families that, as we say, they are extended. 
And there are many people in this family who don't belong to God. I just said it. And as a result of that, the devil always has a doorway into that family. Demonic operations are going on in the family. When you, you are sitting in your corner somewhere and you are worshipping God, people have allowed themselves for demons to come into the family. And that is why you must disconnect yourself in your mind from the spiritual point of view and say, no, now by the spiritual decrees, yes, I will be here, but I don't belong here. I belong to the larger family of God. And when you do that, what you are saying is that now, the things that happen in my life from today, okay, must be a reflection of the Spirit of God. Because in some earthly families, they don't have good marriages. They go and they come back home. In some earthly families, there is some disease that has been transferred from generations to generations because it's in the bloodline. I can I'm saying. But the moment you got born again, and let me tell you, and that is the reason it is the blood of Jesus that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Because the blood of Jesus now replaces that earthly family line blood. So that whatever supposed to happen in that bloodline, when it gets to your turn, because of the blood of Jesus, that now has taken over, that thing cannot penetrate. Are you with me, somebody? Yes. So, if there's any health condition that has been moving from generations to generations, as a result of what is in the bloodline, the moment you start thinking, and thinking because of your position and your identity in Christ, what happens is that that thing, when it gets to you, you stop it. Because the blood of Jesus is what now represents your world, your generation. I get what I'm saying. And then in Christ, the blood of Jesus is superior. There's no disease in that blood. There's no sickness. There's no poverty in that blood. I told you about some time ago, I watched the news, and that there's a family. The father, the mother, they are blind. All their children too are blind. When they give birth, everybody, everyone is blind. Can you imagine? The demons that are controlling this family. And the, the chances are that even if those children also give birth, they are going to reproduce the same thing until there's a divine intervention. And stop that thing. So, it's passed down. And it is going. That is the wickedness of the devil. And that is why when you belong to any earthly family, and as a child of God, you must renew your mind the way you go about your things. You must change the way you go about your things. I'm being honest with you. It's not the thing that they do in the family that you must always, you know, carry yourself and be doing. No. When you come to Ghana, for example, they say every family belongs to a clan. Even if you think you don't, when they, you go and they ask where do you come from, well, uh, they say, ah, this, these people, they come from this clan. And that clan always have an idol they want to call. 
And someone is whether you are from uh, is it Ayoko or you are from um, you know all those kind of funny funny things. So even when you are sitting in your corner somewhere, because you are associated with a particular family, someone is connecting you spiritually to some idol somewhere without even your knowledge. And that is why you must renew your mind. I say, hey, no. This is where I belong to. I belong to Christ. Because if you don't change the way you are thinking about your identity and identify yourself properly in Christ, and what is going to happen is that the things that happen to that so-called clan, they can also gently come to you because you know why? You identify yourself with them. Are you getting the point now? If I say I come from this clan and I am happily saying I come from this clan and the elders of that clan, they call on their idols and you believe in it. What about that idols represent? You have a fair share. Yesterday while I was watching you, a woman has been murdered, unfortunately. The head has been beheaded somewhere in this country. And the chief and the elders of the town, they say there's a river <laughs> that they believe. So they went to the river and they poured libation. And they, the news guy started interviewing some of the, the community members. And they say, yeah, we believe in the river. And according to them, they said, in 2009, similar thing happened, and when they went to pray to the river, the river God brought the people who killed the person out. So they believe that the river would do a good job. Now, today is Sunday, go to that same community. I can assure you 100% that that same guy who spoke like that will be in church. That he believes in the river God. And sitting in church. And as many people who follow the chiefs and the elders of that river, they believe in that thing. And almost all of them will find themselves in church one way or the other. But they believe in idols also. So where is your identity? So when the devil comes and looks at you, you don't even know your identity. Whether you believe in idols or you believe in God, you don't even know. Because you go to church and there are many people like that in today's world. They go to church, but they also, you know, they, they have a, a side thing they worship. They believe in it. When something happens, they say, ah, let's go, let's go to the, let, let, what they say, let's, let's go to the idols and ask. Let's go and find out what is really worrying, what happened, let's go and ask. Do you know what you are saying? Go and read the Old Testament. Before Samuel anointed Saul to be king, the Bible said, now um, the father's sheep, right, was misplaced, was missing. And they were looking for it. So they go to a point and they say, oh, they go to him say, no, the servant told Saul, he said, there is a man of God here. Let's go and ask him. Maybe we'll see where the father's animals are. And then when they got to Samuel, that is when God had already told Samuel that this is the guy that you people say you want a king. Anoint him 
to be king over my people. After everything was done, Samuel told him, when you go down, go here, go here, you're going to find. In fact, when you go back home, the father said, we were looking for you. Rather, we stopped looking for the animals. We rather looking for you. So, you see, the moment you go and ask from a fetish priest that what is going on in my life, please tell me something. Look into my destiny and tell me something. They are trying to tell God that uh, your destiny is not with God. But from today, know who you are. Know that in Christ, if there's anything that is supposed to have happened to your earthly family, because now that you are born again, Jesus has taken you out of it and has brought you into the light of the Father. Now, the second thing now for you to know your identity in Christ is that two, you live in the light. Say, I live in the light. First Peter. First Peter chapter number two. Are you there? First Peter chapter number two. We are all going to read it together. Verse number nine. First Peter chapter two, verse number nine. If you are there, let's read it together. We want to go. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Sorry, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Where are you now? You are in the light of God. So I've been called into the light of God. Now you don't live in that. You see, in darkness, you don't see anything. You, I told you some time ago, you see, when you are living in darkness, you don't even know what you are doing. You are just going about doing anything you think something good is happening in your life but nothing good remember what the bible says in second corinthians 4 4 it says that if our gospel is veiled is veiled to those who the god has blinded their minds are you here with me somebody in the darkness you will not find any treasure it's only light that you find something for example if this whole place was dark yesterday and you, you have something fell down. Chances of you not finding it is high. But in the daytime like this, you can come to every inch and you find it. I can tell it. You remember, how many of you uh, remember the, the lunar eclipse that happened some years ago? You, you saw how everywhere was instantly dark. So dark that you cannot even see the person next to you. So that, that is that is what we call darkness. It's not this evening darkness that we have patches of light. No. Darkness when you are in proper darkness. When you when you read the book, The Final Quest. When I read that book, the man of God said when he went into hell, and I agree with him because by the grace of God, I have been there before. He said he went to a, a part of darkness that you can even cut it out. And you, you go to take out darkness. So thick of a darkness that, let me tell you, it's not like 
All that you can only do is to perceive or have a sense that somebody is around. But there's no way that if someone even is standing as close to you, you can see that the person is there. Absolute darkness. That makes you automatically blind. That is the kind of darkness we are called out of. Darkness that renders, renders you blind. That you cannot even see what you are doing. I know what I'm saying. Imagine somebody is killing another human being. What will make you have the desire to kill another human being? You are blind. There's no way if you can see that someone is worthy of, of, of him or her living, you will do that. There's no way. You, when you walk in darkness, you are so blind that you don't see anything wrong with the stupid things that you do. You always have a justification. Oh, there's nothing wrong with it. There's not. I mean, imagine what is going on on social media right now. Yesterday, when you know, Amida and I were, we were going to speak test, we saw a lady and the kind of thing she was wearing. And then as she was walking, she was walking with her friend or whatever, everybody was just looking, looking at her. I mean, so horrendous. And she doesn't seem to see anything wrong. After all, she will say that, ah, it's my body. Let me do whatever I want to do with my body. She's blind. And you see, when, when ladies do things like that, they think that they are beautiful. Let me tell you, 2,000%, if a guy sees you dressed like that, all they think about you is the bedroom sex, and then that's what they, they don't. No guy will say, I want to marry a lady like that. No guy. No guy. They just use it for stupid stuff, and that is all in the world we find ourselves in. That's how strange it is. Blindness. Spiritual blindness. The reason people don't see that what they are doing wrong is even wrong is because they are walking in darkness. I get what I'm saying. A lot of people, uh, I mean, you, you can bear witness, it might have happened to you, that the day you got born again, and maybe you did something wrong that same thing that you might have you would have done wrong some time ago that you wouldn't see anything wrong with it you do that same thing and then ah it's like something is wrong i mean uh -huh, now you can see now you can see that what you did is wrong i mean one of those days you can stay in the house you don't go to church you don't really bother you're okay now today because you want to get if you don't go to church i mean you don't feel comfortable your mind is agitated. Ah, I couldn't go to church. Hey, God, forgive me. Aha. Uh -huh. Now you can see. But first, you stay at home. Nothing bothers you. You don't care. You don't pray. Nothing. But today, if you don't pray, you feel there's something wrong. Aha. Uh -huh. You have been moved from darkness into light. So now you know that you are supposed to pray. I know what I'm saying? Yeah. Those days, if you don't give, I mean, after it's my money. But today, if you don't give, you feel like, oh no, I, I must give. Aha. Uh -huh. You are now in the light. But there are some people, if they, they, there are some people, the reason they don't give is not because they don't want to give, because they are blind. Because this whole life, even if you are not spiritual, even if you don't belong to God, 
listen, even if you are not born again, this whole world system is on the system of giving and receiving. Tell me, I told you last time, tell me anything in this world that is not based on giving and receiving. Tell me one thing, just think deep and tell me one thing that you don't get as a result of giving and receiving. Tell me one thing, even if you are not born again. If you don't work, you don't get paid. Giving and receiving. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't, um, if a man and a woman don't meet, there are no children. Giving and receiving. You know, I can go on and on and on. I can. If you don't go and sit in the classroom and learn, will you come out as an educated person asking, can you come and say, I went to school? No. Everything in this world, you must give something as even yourself for you to receive there's nothing in this world that is that is why god said in genesis 8 that as long as this world exists giving and what harvest will not work or planting and harvest the same thing will not cease until you give yourself you give something nothing is gone you don't you don't sit in isolation and you don't you don't do anything and then you expect everything to come to you. That is not the principle of the kingdom. So in the light, we apply ourselves to the truth. Our conscience is lit with light so that if we do anything that contradicts the glory of God, we quickly know that, ah, this is You know, there are a lot of Christians who cannot even examine themselves and know that, oh, this thing that I just said is not right. They don't know. Why? Because they are blind. Meanwhile, we are being called out of darkness into the light. So, when you do something that is wrong, you must know. Nobody should come and tell you what I said was wrong, what I did was wrong. No one should tell you. No one should tell you. No one should tell you. Because we are in the light. And that is why he said that if we pray and we ask forgiveness, he will be faithful and just to forgive us. How are you going to ask God to forgive you when you are in darkness? No. Because in darkness, you know that what you have done is correct. So why are you going to ask for forgiveness? You cannot ask for it because whatever you do is justified. But you can ask God to forgive because in the light you realize that, oh, what I did was not correct. It didn't go if I go. So Father, I'm sorry. And then he forgives you because he is also the light. Are you with me? Right. Three. The third thing that defines. Sorry. The third thing that defines. Uh, The, the third thing that defines our identity in Christ is that we spirit. We're walking the spirit. We're walking the spirit. Romans chapter number eight. Romans chapter number eight. And I read from verse one. Romans chapter number eight. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. 
we do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You get it? We are called to live in the spirit. We are not called to live in the flesh. First Corinthians chapter number six. I read from verse 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? So you see all those who go for all those things. Eh? You see? Anything, you, as soon as you join yourself with that, you have become one with a person. And he says, for the two, he says, shall become one flesh. So this is a revelation. So the process of we becoming one, the process of a man and a woman becoming one in the sight of God is through the consummation of a man and a woman meeting. I guess in the whole thing now. And that is why, you know, I don't know whether you've heard it before, but there are some people who talk about soul ties. Okay? When especially when they, they want to move on their life and they realize that things are not working, I say they want to uh, uh, break soul ties. In other words, what they mean by that is that all the people that they have had any encounters with. with as soon as you, you 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 think that you are you are being smart and you are a man and you can sleep with many ladies that you want, any person you lie with, you have become one with a person, and that is how God sees you to become one. And if you don't end up marrying the person, you it's like. Everywhere you go, you are you, you just tie yourself. <laughs> you, you, so imagine if a, a guy has cleared hundred ladies, according to him, You've, that's why that guy's life will not be correct. Tied yourself with hundred people, you you you've destroyed your destiny. So when we are telling people, Charlie, abstain, and we are not talking. This is a serious matter. You think you are having some five minutes pleasure. That five minutes pleasure is something that will destroy and can destroy your destiny. Listen to what he says. He says, for the two, he says, that is God says, shall become one. And when you read it in context, he was telling us that those who are halots, right? Yes, let me say it in that terms. So, if you join yourself to a harlot, you go to circle at night and go and negotiate and give them business. As you think you are giving them business, you are tying yourself, you have become one with them. And those ladies, imagine the hundreds of people they have tied their souls with. Demons included. Are you getting the, how ugly that thing is? And you think you are smart, you are not smart. And then when your life is now crooked, 
He will be blaming that old woman in your house and say the old woman is the one responsible. But you don't know that you might have gone to tie yourself with some lady somewhere. And that lady is a witch, no witch. And you didn't know. Amen, somebody. Yeah. So this is how God sees us to become one. Yeah. My wife and I, we are, we are two individuals, but in the sight of God, we are one. I get it now. Yes. We are one. So he says, for the two he says shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is what? One spirit with him. So the moment you got born again and you received the life of Christ, and with that is the Holy Spirit, the moment you receive the Holy Spirit, you have become one in spirit. So now, he didn't say you have become one flesh. Look at what it says. He who joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Not one flesh. One spirit. He's trying to let us know that our work and our relationship with God is not on the face in the flesh. In the spirit. Remember the same Paul said in, when we read it in 2 Corinthians 5, 16. He said, now we don't know Jesus in the flesh again. The only way we know Jesus is moving in the spirit. So as I walk with him in the spirit, I am one with him in the spirit. I hear what I'm saying right now. So our walk with God is spiritual, not it's not carnal. So don't look at your flesh and begin to talk to God. No. It is who you are in the spirit. Which means that that God has made available in the spirit is exactly who we are. And that thing can become a reality also in the flesh. Why am I saying this? You know that it took a spiritual being to create this whole world. If this physical world was created by a spiritual person, then you can create a reality in this physical world by understanding your position in the spirit. When you know what you have in the spirit, you can become exactly what you are in the spirit in this physical world. Come on, I will tell you somebody. Why are people afraid of demons and witches? Who are they? Witches and wizards, they walk in the world in the in the flesh. And you meet you encounter them in the flesh. If they want to do it, they won't do it in the flesh. They will do it in the spirit. Are you here with me, somebody? Yeah. They will do it in the spirit. They know where their power lies. But unfortunately, there are many Christians who don't know where they are paralyzed. They think, oh, you have a deal with you. And why, that, why are they saying it? Because they, they think they know some politician who is in government. So they say, I'll deal with you. He turns back and puts his phone and calls his politician friend. Please, can you give me 10 police people to come right now? And then your friend gives you 10 police people and you deal with the person. That is a physical dealing. If the person is a witness and knows his spiritual power, Deal with him physically. He to deal with you spiritually. And there's no way there's any power in this physical world that can overcome the spiritual power we have. Ah, don't you know what the Bible says? The Bible says there's no authority in this world which has not been given to by God. So even the, the presidential authority that they have that is backed by constitution of the land 
the God of poverty supersedes it. That is why in those days, okay, the prophet will go to the king and say, Hey, king, if you don't change your ways, God's wrath will come upon you. I get what I'm saying. Today, what we see now, we think the politicians have more power than us. So sad that you find even men of God comparing to what? Wrong political leadership. Because they want some local fuel. They want some coins. There's a man, there's a video trending. Please go and look at Have you seen that video? Aha. Uh-huh. Well, uh, is it a Pentecost pastor or apostolic power? I don't know. It, but it's a pastor that last week the ruling party in government were having their 30th anniversary Thanksgiving. I love that man. That man, I have to go and show some seed for that man. Hey! The man said, I am, I am sorry, I am the wrong person you invited to come and preach. The way he gave to the politicians, the president was there, he was just looking around. He wished he could just get up and, and leave the service. Ah! The man was firing both the president, the vice, all the, I mean, they were just, they were just, they, they could not look at him. They were just, go and look for that video. The MPP's uh, 30th anniversary. The man gave it to them. We need pastors to speak truth to power. Because we have the ultimate power. We have the power of God. I know what I'm saying. The church, we have power. Let's not allow these politicians to lower the power we have. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians, they have become so engraved with politics. When I say for a Christian who is so politicized, you don't just know who you are. As of your son here, I tell you, I don't belong to all these politics. I don't belong to any party. I belong to where the Holy Spirit has to go. As of me, I don't, I don't vote based on political party colors. You won't get me that. You won't get me now. And you bear me witness here. I come here when the Holy Spirit says, this is where it is going. That's where I belong. I don't belong to you. It's not what you come and promise me. Everything God gave me to say in the 2020 has not come to pass. No, I said, okay, I know you are here. All the things we declared, God showed us that it's going to happen. We told you we stand here and we said it. We told you 2020 that this thing is going to be great. And when it happens, Ghana will suffer. Is Ghana not suffering? Go and get my go and give them my 2020 tape. Let them listen. We stood here and we declared it. We knew what we saw. You have not seen anything yet, though. I said 2023. The things that I have seen, that is coming the next year. Someone will say, I'm a prophet of doom. No, I'm not a prophet of doom. I'm telling you what's going on. 2023 will be worse than 2022. No, write it down. To the extent that I saw that Gary Olunka, Gary Olunka was going to sell at 30 Ghana cities. That is what I saw. We are not yet in 31st December. You will never wait. You want to see real pepper. <laughs> when you live in the spirit, now you know how to dominate the earthly realm. So I keep on saying, even if they sell petrol, one gallon, 100 cities, we will still fill our tank. I don't know I'm saying somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Because we live in the spirit. And it 
is the spirit that will always, always, take it for me today. The spirit realm will always at all times control the physical realm. That is why if you don't belong to God, who is spirit, then you belong to the devil, who is also spirit. And then the devil is the one controlling the people that are not born again. Yeah. The devil is controlling people. So why don't you position yourself where you know you can also get power and control the things that are happening around you. And you have just limited yourself in the flesh. You've limited yourself in the flesh. And all that you do is because of what you encounter in the flesh. No way. If something is happening that you don't approve and you have this thing that's not glorify God, don't waste your time. I'm, I'm coming to that point and I've come tell you when something is happening in your life in this world and just don't try and tell him, withdraw yourself like Jesus go into the spirit and apply your power are you with me somebody? apply your power people who call on fetish and idols they know what they have they are so they believe so much that when they call on those you know idols they will do something for them why don't you believe that when you call on the name of the Lord, He will do something for you? Those spirits are not greater than the spirits we have. Those demons are not greater than the, the power we have. Are you getting what I'm saying? We have the Spirit of God. Say, I have the Spirit of God. Say, I have the Spirit of God. Galatians 5, we are about to finish. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter number 5. I read verse four, um, 24. Galatians 5, 24. It says, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So crucify the passions of the flesh. Tell me about crucify the passions of the flesh. No, say, say crucify the passions of the flesh. Crucify it. Crucify it. Kill it. Yes. Not kill it mosquito spirit. But kill it with the spirit of God. Kill it. Let us see walk boldly. Okay? When you live in the spirit, walk boldly. Ah, the worst case scenario that can come against you is the oppressions and activities of demonic spirits. Even with them, you have power over them. You belong to the greatest spiritual kingdom and family in the entire universe. Both in the realm of the spirit and in this physical realm. This is your identity. So when something when somebody is trying to deal with you in a very bad way, just laugh. When you get into your room, <laughs> I love saying, when you get into your room, that is where you deal with the demons that cause that person to deal with you badly. I know what I'm saying. Yeah. You don't have to be exchanging words and, and fighting people physical. Those physical fights. When you do them, you are fool. You are a big fool. You are not wise. A big fool is a person who stands and be fighting physical. When you know the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. 
we don't need physical equipment to fight. We have the spiritual tools. Spiritual tools. When somebody is insulting and disrespecting, don't worry. You just get into your room. You operate from your place of power. Are you from this this morning? You don't allow. Well, what does it? And by the time you are done with them in your room and you get out, they will see the next time. And before you realize they've come, they are kneeling down. Please, I'm sorry. I didn't know what I did. I apologize. No, you don't have to waste your time. I will teach him a lesson. What do you get? You don't get anything. Your place of power is where? In the spirit. Say, my place of power is in the spirit. That's all. Let this thing sink in this morning. I say, any activities in this world, any activity in this world, is controlled by a spirit. Whether the evil spirit or God's spirit. So you should be able to know. Say, we have been some human. It's the work of the enemy, and you must deal with it. <laughs> Lastly, how we're going to identify, you know, you identify in Christ is that we are righteous. Amen. Say, I am righteous. I find it very disturbing that Christians who have been born again for years say, I'm a sinner. I'm very, it disturbs me. And why is a person saying that I'm a sinner? Is that maybe he, he spoke some lie last night, or he did something wrong, and so because of that, I'm a sinner. Ah, ah, ah. What makes you a sinner? Okay, goes beyond what you do. It's in your DNA. <laughs> it's in your nature. Ninety-nine point nine nine percent. When you understand who you are in Christ, you will not sin. I'm telling you the truth. When you know who you are in Christ, it will be difficult for you to sin. But let's grant the 0.01% chance that you sin. You have an advocate. That doesn't make you a sinner. No, 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 no. 100% you are not a sinner. The reason, in fact, you are sinning is the thought that you are a sinner. <laughs> the reason you are sinning is the fact that you are thinking that, oh, I'm, I'm a sinner. And then, by the grace of the Lord, you know, I'm okay. No. When you start thinking that I'm righteous, it's very difficult for you to sin. Because any action that you want to go and do that you know that is contrary to the will of God, you realize that your conscience and the spirit of the Lord will start tapping your mind and be telling you, mm, this thing that you're going to do, this thing that you want to say, this action, this attitude, now think about it again. Amen. Second Corinthians again. Chapter 5, 21. Second Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 21. And it says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the world the righteousness of God in him. That we will become the righteousness of God in him. Say I'm the righteousness of God. What does it mean to be righteous? 
To be righteous simply means that you have met the standards of God. Before God, you stand before Him uncondemned, justified, and fully approved by God. That is what it means to be righteous. You are not righteous because you did all the good stuff. You are righteous because you are born again. And you have eternal life through the Spirit of God. Are you here with me? So when you wake up in the morning, you know that I'm the righteous person. So if I'm, how can a righteous person be, be desiring to do certain things like an unrighteous person? It is an unrighteous person who fornicates and lies and cheats and steals and all those things. A righteous person will live to glorify God. I know I'm saying, yeah, we live to glorify God. Romans chapter number five. Romans chapter number five. I read verse one. Romans chapter number five, verse one. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm justified because I'm righteous. Before God, I stand before Him unaccused, uncondemned. There is nothing that I am that has not glorified God. Why? Because God looks at us through the lenses of Christ. I know what I'm saying. Yes. Let me tell you something. The difference between, let me say, I'm, you cannot just go about and be messing up. But granted that 0.01%, if an unbeliever who is not born again does something wrong, and you who is born again, you also do something wrong. That person's wrongdoing is even worse than the one that you that you are born again. Because it's easy for you to be forgiven. But you know what? The person who is not born again stands in condemnation. That's what I'm saying. When you read John chapter 16, Jesus speaks about the fact that pretends that God will judge the world with sin, condemnation, and righteousness. He said he will judge the world of sin because they don't believe in him. So the moment somebody does not believe in Jesus, the person is already a sinner. So you cannot call yourself a sinner when you believe in Jesus. It's absolutely wrong. It's not correct. So don't define yourself by what you do. Define yourself by who you are in Christ. And then what you do aligns with who you are. Because if you don't know who you are, what you do really does not change anything. Because who you are in Christ will eventually expose you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, see, if somebody is very disrespectful, uh, and the person comes to a meeting and then pretends she's very nice. You know, oh yes, please, please, please. By the time you work with a person for one year, you will see her, her character. Right? Because who the person is, is that she's a disrespecting person. So that one, because of the fact that that is who she is, you cannot hide it. You can do something right now that is contrary to who you are, but eventually who you are will come out to expose you. So if you are a child of God, no matter what. For example, 
I'm, I'm a pastor. Even when I go somewhere, I recently went for a meeting and then my, my friend you know, introduced me because he was, he was introducing all of us and so this is Peter Salvo and all of that. Look at what happened. I did a presentation. This is what somebody said. By the time I did a presentation, this person, the first question this person, this woman asked was like, are you a pastor? I said, why? He said, the way you spoke, you spoke like a pastor. You didn't speak like a marketing person. <laughs> I like really. And I said, yes, I am. I said, huh? The way you were speaking, it's like this guy, it's not like a marketing, you know, vibes. I speak, you speak more like a pastor. It's like, so I was asking myself, what did I really do for her to even ask? That was the first question she asked. So even when my friend, you know, um, introduced me as, you know, apostle something or pastor something, by my actions, somebody saw something. So you cannot really, see, you cannot hide who you are. It doesn't, see, a born again person who is truly born again. If you like, go to the club and try and pretend yourself like you want to behave like the people of the world. Eventually, you realize that this is not where you belong. So, nah, nah, nah. Because club people, they know themselves. People who club every Friday, they know themselves. People who drink, they know themselves. Eh? People who do, they know themselves. So, when you go there, you want to like train. The way you are dancing, God will show that no, no, you are a Pentecostal dancer. Your dancing fits the church. This dancing, they don't dance in the club. And if you are start telling you, this person, you also doesn't know what's up. You don't know what's up. Aha. Because who you are will eventually give you out. Amen, somebody. So in Christ, you are forever righteous. Let this one sink in this morning. Say, in Christ, I am forever righteous. And it is not, you see, that's why they say, when you talk like that, you are, yourself, you are trying to be self-righteous, holier than thou. No, my righteousness is because of Jesus Christ. He knew no sin, but he was made sin so that I will become. So I am righteous because Jesus made me righteous. Why do you want me, why do you want me to say I am not righteous when I am righteous? I am lying. I'll be lying to tell you that, oh. You know, I am I'm a sinner saved by grace. We are all sinners trying to make heaven. You know, have you heard of false humility? Do you know God hates false humility? And to say that I am a sinner, you know, it's only God that has mercy. I'm a sinner. When you talk like that, you are, you are having false humility. False humility is a sin. I am righteous. Oh, and then you come, but you just lied some 30 minutes ago. Oh, you know I lied? Oh, Father, I'm sorry. I'm righteous. <laughs> this is how beautiful and simple it is. And the more you realize that you are righteous, the more you put sin under your feet. And you start behaving and acting as a righteous person. I don't say Because no, I know I'm righteous. Hey, you know you're righteous. You know, be, you know, do all these things that the people are. Because, you know, I'm a righteous person don't do all those things. You know you want to marry that lady. You have promised I want to marry you because you want to have your way. That's not a righteous behavior. 
Now you think you are, you are, you can, you can do whatever you want. No, you cannot just do whatever you want. Yes, you cannot sin all you want. No, 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 no. But let's say, for genuine reason, you fall. That has not wiped away your righteousness. God still forgives you, and then lets you to bear fruit. Are you going to kill somebody? Yeah. So, exactly this. Let's read our last verse and then we'll pray and we'll close the service. Ephesians chapter number one. Ephesians chapter number one. Shall be on our feet even as we read this. Ephesians chapter number one, verse number two to four. Ephesians chapter number one, two to four. Can we all read it together from verse three one to go? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Amen. Say, I am holy and I am without blame. Or say with confidence, say, I am holy and without blame. And he chose us before the foundation of the world that anyone who would one day get into my son okay that person will be declared holy and without blame thank you for being a part of today's message this program was brought to you by the friends and partners of the spirit life people for further information kindly visit us at www thespiritlifepeople.com or subscribe to our podcasts and YouTube channels or find us on all major social media platforms. Stay blessed and always remember that in Christ Jesus, we are free.